What's going on, Elevator Gang? It's uh, it's Frank here. Um, Tony wasn't able to come in to record the intro, so I figured I'd just jump on here real quick. Our podcast is in Moose Jaw, uh, Saskatchewan, Canada, and Tony lives in Regina, Saskatchewan. So it's a little bit of a jaunt for him to get down here, so I'm assuming this won't be the first time you'll just hear my stupid voice on the intro, but... Anyways, uh, this week on the podcast, we have um, Jim Demeray. It was my first time meeting him. Super cool dude. Um, he is the founder of Understand Us. We probably should have posted this episode last week um, as last week was Mental Health Awareness Week, uh, but we figured we would um, save it kind of for this week. Understand Us is a volunteer initiative that combats the stigma of mental health. Um, and any sort of um, mental health issues that people might have. And it really just invites people of all walks of life to kind of invites them into the conversation. So uh, we are super fortunate uh, and lucky to have Jim into our studio to chat with us a little bit about mental health. Uh, I'm not super familiar with uh, mental health issues. I mean, I did struggle with anxiety in my early uh, university days, um, but it kind of vanished from there. And my brother... Uh, Teed, he is uh, pretty well versed in mental health and uh, mental health issues. So it was kind of an interesting uh, dynamic uh, between the three of us. Um, and yeah, I hope you guys enjoy the conversation and I'll just shut the fuck up and we'll get into it. All right, let's go. just i really wanted to be creative but i i'm just over starting bands like it's yeah, a lot I of work you, and that's all that i've done <laughs> i get you man. so i'm just like why don't i try something different creatively and then so i just frank's like been into podcasts forever and yeah he's like a journalist and shit so i figured it was good yeah, definitely, i'm definitely not a journalist like but. communications <laughs> major or some shit i don't know yeah but uh yeah basically it, we we want to know about understand us but we mm. also want to know about mental health and kind of um, your perspectives on it. For sure. Um, and of course, blend in, understand us with that. Because yeah, I mean. Did you start? You started it, I did, right? Yeah. 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 It's it's one of those things that like I'm not, I'm never in there for like self-promotion of understanding. Of course. Us. I'd rather a mental mm-hmm. health talk than ever be like uh, making it about understand us. Obviously, it comes up because that's my basis that's, for yeah, it yeah. in my own experience. But it's definitely like how I reference what we're doing to change it or how we have a conversation about it. But it's never about promotion of Understand Us ever. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So. You can put on the headphones. Let's yeah, uh, we're going. We're going. Beauty. Yeah. Awesome. Sounds good. You well, guys just did like a campaign. Uh, I saw your pictures everywhere, man. Like everybody on my Instagram was blowing up with Understand Us t-shirts. Oh, yeah. No, that was just our new clothing line. Oh, right. So like every Folk Fest, pre-Folk Fest, we do a promotion, okay. photo shoot, and we kind of launch our new designs. And then we ride those out for a year. Yeah, um, yeah do a new line next year we're trying to get to two different lines a year but yeah that's yeah. kind of that's why it was so like what up. gave you the idea to start understand us like where did the whole thing kind of come about yeah well um it's kind of it's a few things so first uh like i suffer from anxiety depression um i had it my whole life but i never realized it as a child or even in my teen years and until i was 26 got hired to open up my own restaurant uh got out of school kind of hit like adulthood really quick and really powerfully um had a lot of responsibility and my stress level just rose 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 to the point where i just was crippled i just kind of 
collapsed. I was non-functional. I was vomiting every day. I couldn't speak, couldn't eat. So I went to my sister and I was like, Hey, like I need some help here. Like this isn't, I'm not normal right now. Something doesn't feel right. Um, so I went to the doctor, got diagnosed with anxiety. When would this have been? This was, I guess, 11 years ago now. So how old are you now? I'm 37. So, so this was, was like before even mental health was even in the conversation, in like mainstream conversation. 100%. Yeah. So Crazy. I was, I, when I, after I was diagnosed, obviously there was a lot of fear, a lot of shame that came with it. Of course. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I guess me being the kind of person that I am, I just talked about it openly with people. And when I started talking about it openly, I realized very quickly that the way people perceive it, the way we discuss it and the way we understand it is, is not correct. Um, People were resistant. People were dismissive, dismissive of it saying, Oh, you just got to not worry all the time and trying to downplay it. And it just wasn't openly talked about. Um, So that was a long time ago. That was probably 2007 2008 and then uh, my dad passed away in 2011 and when I was kind of going through the mourning process of him I kind of realized that he had depression his whole life never talked about it never discussed it Um, so in 2011 that's what sparked me to start a foundation kind of in his honor but it was from my own experience and my family's experience with it that kind of drove the concept so he he suffered from depression too yeah 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 it runs in the family huge same same thing is kind of similar to me Mm. it's weird around like that 26 27 mark that life just kind of fucking hits you and and that's that's when you're kind of like holy shit is this what anxiety is like and i totally understand when you say like you know people are just telling you to not worry and shit because people who have never had anxiety they it's it's hard they don't like they'll never understand what it's like that's right so that's why talking about it's good and it's sweet that uh, understand us kind of helps that and you have like a lot of people in regina like working for you doing shit for you so yeah it's awesome. we have a pretty good volunteer base uh we focus on education with youth we mm. focus on awareness campaigns we do have a resource-based website uh do our clothing line which is to yeah. spark conversation it's not just to sell the clothes so it's it all kind of ties into it to building awareness around mental health that's right. That's cool. right. And so then from there, what was it like when you first founded it, when your father passed away from there, understand us was born. Yeah, it was, it was early on. It was at first, it was like he passed away in February of 2011 in the summer of 2011 around his birthday. I kind of decided that in his, in his honor, I was going to do something. So I made a bunch of shirts that said, understand us on it. Uh, I was going to start selling them, donate the money to the CMHA or Canadian mental health association, just move on mm-hmm. and just kind of, say, Hey, I did something in his honor. And then kind of when I started selling them, when I started talking about it, um, I realized very quickly that I had an ability to do it in like a positive way, a clear way. And people were drawn to it. So mm-hmm. uh, instead of donating that money, I kept that money, put it back into understand us and just kind of grew it from there. Um, that's kind of, that's kind of how it was born. Yeah. 100%. That's awesome. So the leg work behind understand us, like obviously you have full-time job it's mm-hmm. a non-profit organization probably a lot of work goes into it yeah. funding like do you get funding from places mm-hmm. or are you charity or is it uh so we are a registered non-profit okay so we can't we're not with the cra to oh, give okay, out yeah. tax receipts but um we've been kind of self-funded kind of grassroots from 2011 cool. on um our clothing fundraising events totally. a lot of i guess some small um corporate donors and a lot of kind of support through through kind of 
other community donors, which has helped us yeah. kind of sustain what we do. But it's really the people behind it that give the hours. It's not the dollars we need. It's sometimes um, absolutely the people. So, yeah. So what's your full time job? Uh, I'm a general manager of a home builder, oh, nice. home building company. What's Alaire that Homes. like? It's great. Man. Alaire. It's, yeah. I think my buddy Joel works for Alaire. Oh, yeah. Uh, Joel. He's the best, man. Joel's He's a great man. cat. Oh, yeah. He's dude. hilarious. So, yeah, I, I work with them. Uh, it's great. It's a stressful industry. I've worked in uh, the restaurant industry, some retail, and now home building construction. It's all of them seem to be very high stress industries. Mm-hmm. Not not good or conducive <laughs> if you have anxiety. Yeah, I was just yeah. gonna say for like, sure. How, so how does that work then? Do you still struggle with anxiety and things like that? Yeah, like I'm to the point now where I fully accepted that I'm going to have it for the rest of my life. That it's not something that was seasonal and it's not something that. Uh, just kind of popped up due to an, an an event. It was, it's something that as soon as I was diagnosed, I looked back on my childhood and I was like, Oh, this explains everything. Yeah, now. Yeah. This explains why before I played my first punk rock show that I couldn't feel my legs. Yeah, yeah. For sure. And this explains That's why when my dad wanted me to play hockey and he was like having to push me on the ice because I was just anything out of terrified. the norm. I was terrified. Yeah. So whenever you step outside of your comfort zone is sort of when you start to feel the anxiety. and For sure. But the thing is, it doesn't actually, that's not my personality. My personality is outgoing, yeah, yeah. Yeah. super like, uh, I guess, open to trying new things. Um, but yet the feelings I get when I'm in those situations are that of anxiety. And that's as far back as I can remember. Mm-hmm. And that's how I knew there was a problem after I was diagnosed that it wasn't just going to be a seasonal thing. It was something that I, it just made, it was like an epiphany. Everything just made sense once I was diagnosed that, oh, that's why I've been the way oh. I am. Mm-hmm. It was great. And then I could use it to my advantage instead of fighting it apparently like I was before. So, yeah. Yeah. It's really weird. Like for me, I don't know, maybe you can relate to this, but, but for me, um, when I was diagnosed with panic disorder, um, which was, I was around like 26 I'm 30 now I was around 26. Um, actually the thing that kind of made me feel better was getting out of my comfort zone. So it was almost like, although that scared me when I do that, then I, I could like kind of allow myself to be like, okay, well, I'm good. I can do this. I'm, I'm good. And then I started to kind of learn to challenge my anxiety. And, and I read this book called panic away or whatever. And then, which taught me how to like, um, take my anxiety and, and ask for it and bring it on and accept mm-hmm. it. So like, I don't know if you relate to that, like, cause you work in a high stress job. I work in one of the highest stress jobs. Like, I mean, it's who we are, but yet we struggle with anxiety. But for some reason, uh, that working in that high stress of a job just kind of helps. I don't know if it's like the routine or the go, go, yeah. go, or it's not like sitting around wallowing in self pity in your basement <laughs> or always being busy, but for sure. Well, everyone, first off, everyone's anxiety is different. Yeah, yeah. Um, pa- I don't panic disorder is not kind of where I, where I come from. I come from mm-hmm. generalized anxiety Yeah, yeah. and there's five types of anxiety. There's panic disorder, generalized anxiety, social anxiety, oh, obsessive compulsive disorder and phobias. Mm-hmm. And I actually, don't have a blend of all of them. I kind of just focus on the steady drip of anxiety all the time. But when you're dealing with anxiety, everyone's triggers are different. So you sitting around and being in a mundane situation where you're not stimulated and you're left with your own thoughts and boredom takes over, that could be what triggers your panic or your anxiety. Whereas some people kind of high stress confrontational situations, uh, things where they, they don't kind of have a safe outlet in front of them kind of can trigger that. So, mm-hmm. um, I definitely understand. I, I'm a combination to totally. be quite honest with you. I, yeah, yeah. 
sometimes things uh, trigger it that you just can't even predict. Yeah. Um, so does understand it's like a, a self-care thing for you then? Or like, how do you practice self-care? Because I know that when you do struggle with mental health, that's something you always have to be cognizant of. Oh, shit, I haven't done this. I should really get to do this mm-hmm. because, you know, it's going to help me you know, manage my mental health. Like for me, it's, I need to be going to the gym four days a week. And sometimes when I miss four days, it's super stressful. I, I, I get like caught up in my head. So it's understand is kind of your self care. Yeah. I mean, it's been, it's been a hundred percent therapeutic. Um, mm. it's kind of like you're helping your own cause. It's kind of, it's kind of like, uh, you know, having being diagnosed with a mental illness comes with a lot of fear and shame. So for me, I guess to be active in the world of trying to communicate it differently, talk about it in a positive way. It is uh, therapeutic to me because I get to talk about it. I don't get too engulfed in the world, but I get to I get to talk about it and I get to explore people's ideas with it and create that conversation. The good thing about the conversation is when when you start it, everyone kind of has their own tools for success or the outlets they use. Um, And you can kind of take some of those and put them in your toolbox and kind of go with it. I never yeah. did go to the gym, but I've recently been going to the gym and the physical health thing is no joke. It's actually a very important yeah, thing. I, I mean, everyone has their, their thing, right? But yeah, that's just sure. something that's kind of helped me out. But yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, it's weird how you have to find like these ways of self-care to manage mental health and, and uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy, man. It's so funny. Cause like for someone like me, I've always kind of sat on like the gray area of like, I don't know if I have a mental health disorder, but like I might. Yeah. And and I I wouldn't know how to go about like actually diagnosing it and like understanding, you know, whether or not what I'm feeling right now is anxiety or just nerves or Well, I mean the tricky the tricky part about mental illness is that there's no blood uh, like blood tests, right. there's no cat scan, there's no ultrasound. Mm-hmm. You can't prove if you have it or not. It's all based upon uh your emotions and your feelings and those can be a bit arbitrary when it comes For to sure in terms of diagnose, noticing it. But, um, I mean, it's hard because we always talk about like what's rational and what's irrational. So a natural human emotion is if somebody passes away and you're sad and you're crying and you feel down and you, and you separate yourself from some of your normal passions, that's, that's a normal, normal outcome. Feeling. So, yeah. you know, you, you might feel the signs of, of a depressed feeling, but you don't suffer from clinical depression. If you're about to write a test and totally, or, you know, ask the cute girl out on a date and, yeah. you know, you're going to feel some nerves. For sure. That doesn't mean you have anxiety, but when it becomes irrational, when you have those feelings, like you're about to give that speech, write that test, try out for that team, go for that job interview. And you have the same feelings you would, but there is no trigger. You're not going for that job interview and you're not exactly. uh, playing that big game and you're not asking that girl out or whatever it is. Then then you it, just don't understand. Then it. it's irrational. Yeah, and then yeah, then you might have, then it's a biological feeling that is getting, uh, I guess triggered in your body without the like catalyst, the external catalyst that would right. trigger it. And that could be, um, that could be when it becomes in, like a clinical anxiety or Well, depression. it's a whole, yeah, it's a whole fight or flight thing. I mean, when you are asking a cute girl out or studying for a test, you know, those feelings are supposed to be there. We're not, we don't get nervous asking cute girls yeah, out. Yeah, though, right? That's true, true. <laughs> just to be clear, like I've never been nervous yeah, no, doing that. Get, that was just my example. I don't get nervous actually. I just no. did it at the gas station before this. We're all good. I got a number. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're laughing. You got that Snapchat. Susie yeah. from Moose Jaw. I yeah, love it. Yeah. Don't, don't tell the girl I'm dating that, please. We, we got to edit that out. <laughs> like, like for me, you, you mentioned how you, th- 
you knew at some point that your anxiety and what you were feeling wasn't seasonal. And it kind of like reminded me of my first and like second year university when I started to feel these sort of anxious moments when I probably shouldn't have been. And it might have been because my workload was super heavy or like I was doing something that was, you know, high stress or whatever. Like, you know, anyone going into university their first year is going to feel all these different stressors that they've never felt before. And I felt a lot of those. And I went through this sort of period of having like, I would say severe anxiety where like I would go outside for a run and I would have to stop because I literally thought I was dying. Mm -hmm. But like it kind of just went away one day and I literally haven't felt it since. So like how do you explain things like that to somebody who might not know much about mental health? Like, Do you mean how do you explain the temporary anxiety? Yeah, like and Um, is it is it moments, it's times in your life, just times of times that are really rough that your brain just can't really handle the stress i mean would that be classified as somebody who has a mental health illness or just someone going through a difficult like i don't even at the time i don't think i was going through anything difficult it was just yeah it could make you susceptible to anxiety but i mean if you're not feeling the symptoms then there's no need to to worry (laughs) so to speak but like if you I guess um, a lot of times they say that anyone can go through a temporary time of anxiety or depression that is triggered by an incident or stress that is goes untreated and it kind of can turn into mental mental health or mental illness symptoms. But I mean, a lot of times you can rehabilitate that or you can get back to a steady state yeah, and yeah. that's a one time thing. You, you won't right. have it's a like recurring an episode. Moment. It's an episode. It's exactly yeah. what it is. It's an episode. Um, but everybody is so different, which is why mental health is so tricky. It's such a tricky thing. I know. Like, and you can't really, it's so hard to define it. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's so hard to like put a rigid mental health, uh, I guess, guidelines of like what to do when you're feeling this way, what not to do. Like, well, but human beings are so different, right? Like even yeah. us three in this room, we might be all extroverts or introverts or shy outgoing you never know right so what's going to work for somebody isn't going to work for another person so when people are like oh go to the gym it's like well i know people that the gym triggers their anxiety for sure so that's not the that's not the answer for them right um but i always describe my anxiety like water in a cup so when i wake up my cup of water is almost full meaning that my baseline of worry and anxiety biologically is very high, whereas a lot of people, their cup is empty. So as they go through their day and they get in a fight with someone or have a bad day at work or get cut off in traffic, they have a lot of room in their cup to add that stress and to fill it up without tipping over into panic or, or extreme debilitation, whereas mine is so small that I don't necessarily have that. Um, so I got to find there's three things I can do. I can slow the drip of water, but unfortunately with that comes avoiding a lot of situations and maybe isolating yourself to not get triggered to add more water. I can get a bigger cup to fit more water in and that takes a lot of resilience and you got to build up a thicker skin and that can be dangerous to tell people as well because that's not always the answer to just suck it up and get tougher, get through it. But, or you can find ways to empty your water throughout the day and that's having healthy outlets, good friends to talk to, um, passions that kind of de-stress you and taking moments for yourself throughout the day to to de-stress and that allows you to have some longevity throughout the day without mm-hmm. so of, so what then are the kinds of things that you do to sort of avoid 
your feelings of anxiety and avoid all these things going on in your life? Like, what are the kinds of things you do to combat these feelings? Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, like I don't even, I just have almost accepted them as part of me now. So, I mean, I have kind of a good team of people that I talk to good friends that will be honest with me. And I'll say, Hey, like, this is how I'm feeling. Like, does this sound normal to you guys? And they'll say, no, man, like, you, right you, you got it when you start having these thoughts, you have to prove them to yourself and you have to call yourself out on it. Mm-hmm. And that gets tricky for people because they think, Oh, this is how I feel. It must be accurate or it must be true. But, um, with mental illness, your mind can actually work against you. So you need to challenge your mind and your thoughts constantly. Oh yeah. Look for proof of those thoughts. And if you don't find it, you can kind of ease your anxiety off it. So like, Hey, I'm bad at my job. And it's like, well, okay, Jim, prove that to yourself. And you look around you're like, I don't have any proof that I'm bad at my job. And then you start feeling like, Hey, maybe that's the anxiety talking and you separate your, your personality from your own anxiety. And you can start like navigating it once you, once you do that. So that's one thing I do, but yeah, that's super cool. (laughs) So would you say like, understand us mainly is about maybe trying to get rid of the stigma getting people to be more open about talking about mental health. I mean, because that is probably what's super important. I mean, when a person's depressed, they don't want to be, I mean, it's hard to be depressed alone. Mm -hmm. It's so much better to know that what you're feeling, there's millions of people out there feeling the same thing and and it it just helps. And I mean, that's the great thing about social media, but also the, uh, the really shitty thing about social media because it, you know, it kind of, um, it can bring on feelings of anxiety, but it also can give you that, that interconnected feeling with a community mm-hmm. about, you know, being around people and, and kind of getting rid of that stigma. And so as understand us, that's like a huge focus is just getting people to really talk about it, to just be yeah. completely open. I mean, I mean, at its root, understand us in the early stages was all about taking a topic. And remember this was 2008 yeah, yeah. when I first started thinking about it in 2011 when it started. So, so it was crazy. it was a long like 8 years ago. Yeah, yeah, 2011 up. is uh, wow, that's yeah, awesome. That's when we started. So, um back then like it, there was such a negative tone oh, yeah. of mental illness. It was our perception was so dark. Um it created feeling of sh- a feeling of shame. Mm-hmm. People uh, knew that if they said that they were mentally ill or was was dealing with something, that vulnerability wasn't accepted. Yeah, they were They'd be considered immediately. Weak. Right. They'd be considered like, oh, you're not as strong as me because I don't have those feelings of depression. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, when I first started, I kind of made like almost in one minute, I just made a conscious choice to be like, we will be fearless in talking about it in a real way, um, no matter what resistance we get. And we will do it in a way that shows and celebrates the beauty of the people that deal with it and how I've been a successful person, quote unquote, I guess. Um, hundred percent. Yet I've been, I've dealt with a mental illness for a big part of my life yet. I've had relationships. I've had friends. I've done well in school. I've played sports. I've played music. Um, why can't I be the imagery of mental illness instead of the negative imagery that's existed? So let's build a community of people that are, kind of feeling free to talk about it on any level of the spectrum. So if you're dealing with the early stages or you're hospitalized, let's all talk about it and let's support each other on the spectrum and move, move people to a healthier state. Mm -hmm. And that's, so you've been like dealing with this for the better part of a decade at the very early stages. What were some of sort of the challenges aside from the stigma that you've faced when starting to understand us and then kind of in the growth of understand us? 
Uh, from a business point of view or from the perception of mental illness, which kind of both, maybe um, both. Well, nonprofits from a business point of view are extremely hard. Oh yeah, for um, sure. It's 24 hour work. It's tons of work. There's tons of people that need support. You can, you never feel like you're doing enough. You can never fundraise enough. The support necessarily isn't there financially. Um, and do you have like tra- uh, trained counselors or anything like that? Or is it just basically, we just talk, we're a community, we're here to support. Yeah. And so it's nothing like that. We, we do not, we, we've made a distinction of what we're good at and what we can provide. And we've also known what we can't and what other people. Should. And yeah, like there are, there For are sure. professionals that provide counseling. There sure. are, uh, you know, organizations that do great support groups and, um, youth support groups and adult support groups and free counseling and, mm-hmm. um, you know, medical advice. So, I mean, we've stayed away from anything that professionally we can't legally do and we we just that's not what we're meant to do yeah but i knew what we were really good at was creating a conversation being creative and showing mental health in a positive way um being leaders to a youth community of people that might think it's shameful to talk about it and we try to change that yeah yeah but i mean other than that in terms of the nonprofit world um the biggest I mean, it's weird because I, I got in a conversation with a guy the other day and I was asking, like, is mental illness trendy right now? And I feel it isn't, but everyone else feels it is. It is. And I don't know, because like when I, when we first started talking about it, it was not trendy. Yeah, um, of course, 2011, I don't even think like Bell Let's Talk was out there. I, I like, think, it wasn't, be, I no. think yeah. because the conversation has gotten to be so much more. Uh, I don't even know what trendy is. I mean, you talk about something enough and it's trendy. Yeah. So it's like, and everything is trendy now because exactly. we have access to so many different topics exactly. and information. Yeah. But it's like, I, I feel like just the conversation has gotten so much bigger around mental health. People are actually sharing their stories. Yeah. People mm-hmm. have a voice now that That's might right. not have before. So our biggest struggle, sorry to, no, to no, interrupt, but our biggest struggle from the beginning was that didn't exist. So there was always some resistance when, when we were talking about it, that people would say like, Oh, you're playing a victim. I know people with real diseases. Uh, yeah. uh you know, why don't you just suck it up? And you know, if, if you're sad, then change things in your life and you'll be happier. Or if you're anxious, then you just need to avoid those situations. And that's not necessarily all. There's a bit of truth to some of that. Yeah, there's yeah. ownership that the person has to take, but it was just, it was a negative connotation to it right and we felt that that was because of how it was perceived so we our first goal was okay well let's change the perception yeah, yeah. Um, and get people talking about it and i do think that i that social media is now allowing people to have a bit of a voice yeah 100 yeah, because people but, can kind of get a little more vulnerable on social media i think it's a lot harder to be vulnerable face when you're to face, face to yeah, face right yeah, for sure so yeah. oh go ahead no Tom. go ahead man. no no go ahead okay so when you are facing that backlash um, which, I mean, it's a small community. You're trying to start a business. There's going to be competition. There's going to be people that want to doubt you, people who maybe don't like you or people who just don't want you to succeed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when when you are faced with backlash, I don't know if you ever have been, but you were kind of explaining struggles. Mental health is is also really huge in science. And because science is empirical and because um, we use it to prove things, do you back up? some of some issues with mental health with science-based facts, you know, chemicals in the brain, let's say to help strengthen your argument, or is it all just like you're feeling shitty and we're just here to like help you feel better or start a community. I hmm. feel like 
It's a good question, actually. And I feel like there's such a stigma with science and medication and and like, oh, my God, you got to be on medication to make you feel good, like all that shit. And, mm-hmm. th- and people don't understand that there's a legitimate chemical imbalance in your brain. And, and I don't know. I feel like when I speak about my depression and anxiety to people, the minute I back it up with hard facts and science, there's a little bit of a light bulb that goes on like, oh, maybe he's right. Maybe he does have a something wrong in his brain that he has to take a pill for and and make him feel better and i mean mm-hmm. there's that stigma too because that's shitty to some people that we have to do that or that so it's yeah i mean my stance on uh well first thing scientifically mental health and mental illness is um there's a they have a long way to go oh 100 percent to man. all consistently in the medical professions consistently agree on causes treatments um i don't diagnosis even, it's, it's i don't even think it was a talk it's a less like, empirical than a lot of things yeah yeah um i feel like it's more trial and error it is 100 is but that's because it mixes with who that individual is meaning right. that i am so i'm a guy who has the symptoms of anxiety but i don't know i can't decipher in two columns what is the chemical imbalance and what is who I've chosen to be, who I have, I've happened to end up being, um, who I would have been anyways without anxiety. It's a, that's a weird thing. So how do you, how would you be able to define that? It's, well, you can't, right? Like you're like, I'm nervous all the time. It's like, well, what if that's just, is that a chemical imbalance or what what if that's something in me? So nervous when you came here? Uh, no, not overly, but more like, cause I guess we kind of know each other, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, it's a little nervous. Like, this is the first time we did it. So I was a little nervous and asked Frank if he was nervous. And he said no. I get nervous a little bit in, when I'm coming out and doing new things. Well, I guess you got to yeah, and you gotta talk about shit. Like, sometimes you're like, shit, did I say that? Shouldn't I have said that? I'm talking on behalf of, like, <laughs> one of the most popular um, nonprofit mental health organizations <laughs> in Regina. So it's like... Man, I've been blessed to not care a lot about uh, what people think. And that's... A big, That's amazing. It's I'm, I'm a, the exact same way. <laughs> it's a big thing in dealing, and I guess me hap, being able to do what I do with understand us. A lot of people stories. just like you know, like my friends who are stronger physically than me, yeah, yeah. who are are more successful than me. They've seen me speak, and they go. Some of them come up and say, "Like, man, I don't know how you do that." And to me, like, since I was since as far back as I can remember, moving to Regina when I was twelve years old and being in a bit of a vulnerable position, no friends, having yeah. to meet people. It's From just. Where? Uh, Ontario, sorry, New Ontario. So it could have been like my defense mechanism was like, this is how I connect with people. I'm, I open up and I'm vulnerable and I, I almost have self deprecating humor that makes me connect with people. So by chance, maybe I, I just turned into the kind of person that's like made a joke about me having anxiety in, in front of people. Cause at the end of the day, it's like, if you like it or you don't like it, that I have anxiety, it doesn't change the fact that I have anxiety and I better do myself um, a solid and be open about it because yeah. that's only going to help me uh, deal with it and talk about it. So I guess I've been blessed that way to be able to do it. And um, yeah, I'm the same way. I just tell people I'm a piece of shit and right away, right away we connect. <laughs> exactly. Right, right away. They're like, Oh, so am I right <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm like, Oh great. Let's talk about our problems. Well, that's- I mean on a personal level, like people don't like being around people that are so uptight and that are so stuffy and that are, 
you know, the minute you can make a joke about yourself right away that those people around you are like, they take a deep breath and they're like, they relax oh, a little. Okay. Like you're not sure. going to take yourself that seriously. So I don't have to take myself that mm-hmm. seriously. I'm relaxed. I'm comfortable. Yeah. You don't think you're better than me. So sweet. I don't have to even have that go through my head and yeah. have that trigger any kind of social. I cannot jive with people like that. I can't jive with people who are uptight and not willing to get like deep and like small talk to me is like that triggers my fucking anxiety. That's the last fucking thing I want to do. How was the weather? Oh, great. How are you? Oh, Mondays. Hey, yeah. Like that's not my yeah. thing. Like I want to like talk about but, shit. But that's don't real. you? But don't you think that that's kind of like the way we're conditioned as a society is to just kind of put on this front of being someone we're not? Yeah, and and absolutely, and that's like like you said, you you guys are really good at not giving a, a shit about what other people are thinking. But like that's something that like I struggle with a bit, admittedly so. I, I I don't like to be thought of as this loser. I mean, I like to say I'm a piece of shit because I am, but I don't like to be thought of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it's really weird. It's hard to explain, but um, but yeah, I mean, I guess you are. We are kind of conditioned as as society to be like, hey, how are you? The weather? Yeah, mine's forty. Oh, another day. Because like I have my personality as Frank, and then I have my work personality as like. Frank Davalos. Mm-hmm. And then I have my nighttime personality as Dank, who comes out of the woodworks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what time does Dank come out? Because <laughs> de- I want to be out of this house when, yeah. when Dank comes if, out. If you're me, Dank is always out. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. honestly depends I just on the day, keep brother. Him bay sometimes. <laughs> and Yo. Make them delete posts when they're offensive. And yeah, he made me delete yeah. one yesterday. It's funny, like, uh, when you talk about, ple- like, or I guess caring what people think, I don't want you to think that I'm like, I never no. do. No, no. But for the most part, I've been comfortable with being different. Yeah, I've yeah. always been different and I suppose in, mm-hmm. independent. And for me, I draw the distinction between me wanting to be someone who is liked and someone who tries to make people around me happy yeah, yeah. and feel better about themselves. But there's a distinction between when that fails, it throwing you for a whole loop and that mm-hmm. I can manage. Meaning that if I try for to be cool with you guys and, and be funny and, make you feel good and for some reason you guys just don't like me i can live with that mm-hmm. but i still want to make people happy and be liked yeah it's, yeah for sure it's uh, yeah and i guess you're you're the head of a business too right or, or you, you gotta be somewhat liked i mean people yeah. you gotta connect to and people. you're always disliked too by the way oh, whenever yeah. you're man. the face of anything whenever and, you're doing good too that's when the haters come out of oh, the man, there's so many yeah. people that are gonna like hear my voice on this and be like oh, i fucking hate that guy jesus <laughs> christ but you know what whatever it is what it is. But yeah, I mean, when you're the face of something or, or when you're, it's so weird when you're trying to do something big, people are always kind of trying to bring you down mm-hmm. in some way or some people anyways. But um, I'm all about supporting like local things that are just trying to do amazing mm-hmm. things into the community and, and stuff. So like you were the first, uh, obviously I was like, understand as soon as we were doing mental health, I was like, well, I know Jim and yeah, yeah. he's really big doing that. So you I know. appreciate that. Oh, yeah, of course. For sure. It, you're not, you're, you're not making a difference unless you got some haters. Though. Yeah, totally. That's 100%. Fact. Dude, yeah. I totally, M&M, 100% I, agree. Yeah, M&M. there you go. There you go. Until, until someone doesn't like what you do and they care enough to say they don't like what you yeah, do, yeah. that means you're doing something You've made that it. a lot of people man, like. I, 100%, I, so. man. I, yeah, it's not your art if everyone likes it, you know? It's it's just... And I'm not a big quote guy. Yeah, I fucking hate inspirational quotes, but I wrote that in a song uh, and I liked it. There you, know? you go, there yeah. you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, there is like, if you try to please everybody, yeah. like, you're just... First off, that's an impossibility because for every one person that you're 
that you're loud around, they're like, I wish he was quieter. And everyone that you're quiet around, they're like, I wish he had more personality. So you got to just kind of do what you do and be authentic, man. That's it. Be authentic to you. Yeah, for sure. So, so circling back to Mm -hmm. mental health, I'm curious how your understanding of mental health has changed since kind of the inception of the understand us in 2011. Is that when you guys started? Yeah. 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 To now, like, because the conversation's grown a lot, you know, bigger and, I guess information has been been more widespread. How has your understanding changed throughout the years? Uh, f- the one thing that I noticed early and throughout the time my time is how many people actually suffer and deal with a mental illness that refuse to talk about it. That was the first thing. And the reason I even knew that it was a problem or that was an issue was once I started talking about it, people would then feel comfortable coming up to me being like, Hey man, like I get it. Everything you just said, I'm with you, but they would always do it in like this secret way or they would pull me aside. They wouldn't do it in front of a group. Slide in your DMs. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah, we'd be out talking. And then later on that night, they'd Facebook message me being Mm -hmm. like, Hey, just so you know, everything you were saying, I get totally. And I deal with it. And it's like, and I was fine. Like if it, well, yeah, if that's how su- you want to yeah, talk to me about it, like start, talk, start somewhere to it. At you some can point, tell right? the people weren't out in the open talking about it in front of other people because they still felt like it was a weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the first thing. The second thing that we we started allowing people to share their stories on our site because we felt that it was a way to allow people to share with kind of our credibility attached to it yeah, or yeah. our safety blanket of like right. non-judgment on our site. Um and a lot of people, they wanted to, they were super anxious about it and they were kind of withdrawn from it. And then once they did it, the amount of support that they received blew them away and actually blew me away a lot of times. Yeah, and then they sure. would they would message me and say, hey man, like, thank you so much for letting me do that. Um, well, yeah, it's uplifting. The support when... was crazy after, it was yeah, yeah. not crazy, it was immense. It was- uh, Like I said, it's almost like a community, right? They, uh, <coughs> that's right. They, they just, they feel like they're part of something. And that, right. and that helps so much when you have depression, anxiety. And I mean, when we're speaking of anxiety in this podcast, we're obviously speaking of depression. We're speaking of all mm-hmm. um, all avenues of mental health. I mean, when you have anxiety comes depression, it's just kind of part of Does it. Does it? Well, yeah. Because like, I don't know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, I have um, no idea. So well, I, they are heavily linked. Yeah. Yes, yeah but they're, they're super concurrent and just like addictions or, or stuff like that, like depression just kind of um, is linked to all of these things that happen in your brain because let's say for a fact for me i uh i panic disorder so then i wouldn't go out or i wouldn't do this because of this and then which led to like me spending more time inside which led to me maybe spending more time in my bed watching shitty romantic comedies i fucking love romantic comedies but watching uh <laughs> serendipity but, baby but watching like it's my jam it just kind of leads you like it, it, one thing just kind of gets you agoraphobic and then you're scared to do things which leads to like you just being super freaking depressed yeah they're they are heavily linked the chemicals are, are heavily linked yeah. as well so yeah. um but i i think i mean don't quote me on this but i think people that suffer from depression like the majority of time will have symptoms of anxiety, but not everyone that suffers from anxiety will have symptoms of depression. depression. Yeah. Um, it, I've definitely suffered from both. Um, but anxiety is, is the, the main. The so main like, so I've like walk with. me through a story or like an experience that you've had where maybe you're just panic and anxiety has just gone through the roof. Like walk me through how it felt. Cause for me, 
I have a tough time grasping uh, the difference, I guess, between just like feeling uncomfortable one moment and having like an episode. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's how like it's I, I just would love to hear a story, like a concrete story about, about like how the, you feel. The thing about my generalized anxiety is that, again, like panic disorder is different. Panics when you go from zero to a hundred yeah. so quick that your body physically shuts down, mm-hmm. um, and it's kind of undescribed. Like you, it's it's so hard to describe. But for me, it's like have you ever had it? No, uh, I've never had a panic attack. Oh, no, crazy. I mean, I will say that when I had my kind of debilitating experience when I was 26. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like this anxiety attack that lasted like days, days to the point where I couldn't sleep. I couldn't talk. I couldn't function. And that's Um, when you were uh, managing, right? I just was opening up my restaurant. Yeah. And I was just taking on a lot. I wasn't taking care of myself. And so I guess I wish I had a better story for you, but what I always describe it is like, so for you who doesn't deal with anxiety, it's like, what's something that, gives you natural anxiety like tell me something that Mm, maybe let's say public speaking okay so if you're so if you were getting up in front of uh 500 people to do a keynote speech on photography in the workplace let's say how would you physically feel doing that i feel like i'd just be nervous for a second until i actually get up there and do it and then i'd be okay okay so that's so a lot of people when we ask that though they're like I'd, so I'd, I wouldn't be able to concentrate. Yeah, yeah. I'd be sweating. I'd exactly. be, I'd feel nauseous. My appetite would go away. I'd be a bit irritable. I, you know, I wouldn't be able to, I'd be so focused that I'd be unfocused. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to have conversations. Right. So with my anxiety, because it's generalized and it's like a steady drip of anxiety throughout the day, all day, there are times where it kind of peaks. And when I'm in a peak, it's not necessarily a trigger, um, but I start feeling the way you would feel saying that in front of 500 people. But just out of the blue. But kind of, it's kind of just always there. Yeah. So Crazy. It's, it's different minds out of the blue because it's panic disorder. His is like, he's always got yeah. that steady drip of like nerve. See, know? to me, that sounds like it would be so hard to live with on it a daily is. basis. It's, it's like, it's painful. Just imagine with severe depression, like not feeling happiness. You're at a family wedding and you don't feel happiness yet. Everyone around you is happy Mm -hmm. or you, you get an award or you succeed, you grad on your graduation day. Everyone's like so proud of you and happy, but you internally don't feel anything. Mm -hmm. That's, that is pain to me. Um, and then when it comes to shit, I feel that every day, man, the inability (laughs) to like the inability to relax, like is so crippling you're always in a high tense mode the way somebody would feel like if they were getting in a confrontation or they're about to fire someone at work or they're about to break up with their significant other and they feel that like tense i can't concentrate to always be in that state can be so exhausting and i couldn't imagine so that's and and i don't want to make it sound like it's a poor me situation by any means but it's just the reality so it's up to me to find healthy outlets to live in in that world. Mm-hmm. I got a question to kind of circle back to um, when you first started and people started sharing their stories or you you started the <clears throat> the thing on the internet that started the stories, um, the blog or whatever mm-hmm. uh, that you had. Um, <coughs> this is kind of a, it's a crazy question because um, I know that like more males have come out about depression and anxiety ever since, you know, they haven't been 
it hasn't been such a stigma for males. It hasn't been such like, oh, you got to be a man. You got to like get out there. What's the gender like? What's the do do more yeah, females do more males do more non like non binary people come out? Like I, I'm not sure how that goes. Our engagement uh, with our initiative would be seventy percent females, thirty percent males. Okay, yeah. Um, traffic to our website would be a little bit more sixty forty. To be quite okay. honest with you. Um, but that, in terms, that's an interesting fact, actually. Yeah, yeah because to your website, it's kind of like be, a little be bit more late even. at night behind right. the scenes. People are totally. willing to go there, but mm-hmm. the people that are willing to talk about it, it's just there's no doubt that it's way more accepting for a female traditionally uh, to understand their emotions more, to yeah, be yeah. more in touch with their emotions, 100%. and to speak about them. Um, I mean, that's why I'm like half girl. I swear. That's, I always want to talk about my emotions. I like that change. I think we need to, right? I I think, I think, uh, I know men need, need to do that. I mean, there's something about females that are just like, it's beautiful that they can do it. And why are we always so Mm -hmm. stuck in in a world of have to be strong? Like we're going to have Paige Mackey probably on on this podcast too, because kind of after I saw her video when she spoke out about her suicide attempt and stuff. Mm And uh, just kind of the way she articulated everything and, and went in depth about everything. And does she volunteer for Understand Us? She does, yeah. And she recently started kind of her own initiative. Oh, nice. Yes, totally. Yeah. Miserably happy. That. She's Absolutely. making bracelets, selling them. So that's cool. Doing the blog. And yeah. Yeah, she's killer, man. But yeah, we're going to have her on too. And I just, uh, I kind of thought it was cool how that was connected. How, you know, when I watched her suicide video or her attempted suicide video, it was just she just explained everything so perfectly and kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, what depression's about. And, and I don't know, that's why I, I I just wonder, I've never really seen like a a male come out and just like do that. And I I don't want to be like super gender specific because I'm not like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, men, women, non-binary, whatever you are, cool. We all are fucked up. We all have issues. I get it. But uh, I've just always thought that like, I just see more women being able to be open about it. And not only that, having more support. I mean, it seems like they have more support when they're explaining that. Whereas a man comes out, it's it, you know, it's almost like a different kind of support. I mean, when I came out about my panic, uh, my mom was the first one on my side. Oh my God, I love mm-hmm. you so much. You're going to be fine here. That's Stay right. in my bed. I'll cook you meals. It'll be great. And then, whereas like some of my other dude friends were like, oh, that's weird. I don't know. You seem normal. That's like, they don't get it. Well, we're just, yeah. I mean, like as a man, I, I've never felt like I've been brought up uh, to talk about emotions yeah and that's why i actually think it's pretty cool when it happens i think it's For sure i think it is uh courageous and yeah it's pretty cool um and i think it is changing to be quite honest with you uh yep there's a lot of i guess news these days about uh kind of celebrity suicides and kind of high profile yeah, Mac suicides Miller today mac miller today yeah. Did you see that i don't know if you're into him but uh addictions too man like that's a like i don't know do you deal with that at all yeah we we don't decipher between like eating disorders and and addictions and okay we we totally discuss it to the ability we can and we yep. put it in the category of of a mental illness because i mean if you think about it if mental illness is you know an irrational thought about something yep. then um the irrational need that happens with addictions or the irrational self-perception that happens with eating yeah, yeah. disorders is, is no different. And, well, and sure it's that- funny because like in my experience, 
oftentimes I would say a solid like 80%. That's just a random statistic, but I would say a solid 80% of people who have some form of addiction end up having some kind of mental health. Oh yeah. They're, they're illness. They're well, incredibly concurrent, man. Like in, yeah. in my, my field of work, like a majority of the people on my program are addicted to something or struggle from substance abuse. And all of those people struggle with, like literally probably every single one struggle with some sort of depression, anxiety. Right. I mean, because those things, I mean, you're doing a drug, those things kill the chemicals in your brain. There's so many factors. Well, the, yeah, like it's not mutually exclusive, meaning like it's mm -hmm. the, right. the chicken and egg argument happens where, so if you, if you live a life where, like I said, you are, you have no feeling, you are never stimulated by anything uh, that makes you love anything or brings natural joy. And then all of a sudden there's, a chemical or a substance that can help you escape that yeah, yeah. and also synthetically give you feelings of euphoria or, mm -hmm. or feel good. Something feel that feels good. good. Yeah. Um, people <coughs> like that are going to be susceptible to addictions because they're going to want to do that. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. They're um, going to want that feeling again. And the comes around right. so fucking awful. And, and then like you said, and then on the back end of it, you're actually trashing your brain. Oh, 100%. You are synthetically controlling chemicals that are already not in abundance in your brain. Yeah, exactly. And you're using them all up in 10 minutes yeah, yeah. and they can't be replaced. And then the, the, the next, the next day or you're oh, yeah. depleted oh, 100%. and then it, and then it triggers this cycle. And that's why like mental, mental illness and addictions are so connected oh, yeah, to yeah. me. So connected. So, and like we come from that background too. Our dad was a drug addict for many years and struggled with depression. So um, it's kind of in the bloodline. Mm -hmm. And and unfortunately, I got it. Uh, this guy. That's what. That's what unscathed. I mean. Like, that's what I mean. I don't like think that. I got it. I just you're. It's a genetic thing, and sometimes you're just more susceptible to depression. And who knows? It's your time. Time in life too. Like for sure. Like my, I was a happy. Didn't even think anxiety or depression existed until I was 26. Because I remember dating a girl in my early 20s and she would get anxiety and stuff. And I would be like, man, I don't know what you're worrying about. Like that panic mm -hmm. attack, that doesn't make sense to me. And then I got it. Completely different perspective on life after that. That's right. And uh, so it just kind of comes and yeah. One thing that I want to ask you is looking kind of ahead at the future of both, I guess, the understand us and just mental health more generally. Like, what do you see? Uh, well, I mean, for understand us, I mean, I, I want to grow understand us to be a full time organization that has a lot of chapters across Canada that is creating this conversation and doing campaigns and doing education in schools across across Canada. Um, what, what I what does that look like? Like what what? does that entail it sounds like an undertaking Hard fucking work yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a lot of work i mean it's uh, what i think the world of mental health needs is we need to stop making excuses about how there's no resources and it's underserviced and you know at the end of the day people should use the services that are available you have high school counselors you have you know work benefits that have a free counseling humanicare service that mm -hmm. probably is going on oh, yeah i utilize that yeah, yeah, you got to. You, there's, there's tons of resources. Tons of resources out there. So is there I, enough? Uh, I don't. Th to say there's enough, I'm going to say probably not. But I don't think it's in the 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 medical service chapter. You know, I there might be some long term housing that's needed. 
some very severe support systems that might be missing for the debilitated. Yeah. Um, like, like you got to take into, into consideration the population too. I yeah. mean, there might be resources for us. We are white men, successful, have jobs. Um, so there might be a lot of resources for us because we have the means to access those resources. Yeah, you can afford an $80 right. therapy yeah. session. Whereas people right. in poverty who suffer from depression, um, resources just are a way harder to come. And by. that's, that's kind of what I meant by in certain pockets, the resources yeah. are not abundant for sure. Um, but I'd like to see people use the resources we have. But the, the biggest thing that needs to happen that I'd like to help and provide and that I think the future of mental health is going to rely on is in the education system. Yeah, I think we learn about physics and gravity and shit uh, you don't need. How to, I, I sewed like a, a hoodie in grade 11 like <laughs> I, I, with a sewing machine. But I never learned about like how to have a healthy relationship or totally how mm-hmm. to how to navigate emotions or 100%. how to deal with you know coping skills. So like I think what's going to happen is we are going to integrate mental health into uh, the workplace and yep. the school system. I think it's already beginning more. too, and it's awesome. Like in the university, I know they have classes strictly for mental health. Like mm-hmm. I took a yoga class, and those classes are you get credits for, but they're also to help people who have who struggle with mental health in university so i think like you're right it's already becoming a thing and it's becoming recognized and in the workplace i mean that stuff's awesome in the workplace where my uncle works they have yoga every lunch for mental health i mean it's great but it it should start i feel like more grassroots more like elementary schools high schools because everybody here goes to elementary and high school not everybody goes to university you know what i mean right yeah like there's not one. so i mean what it looks like is the government's gonna have to throw some funding uh, towards it for sure. Um, the school system is going to have to implement some structure of really identifying, uh, key stressors and get some, get some topics going in, uh, in early ages for mental health Mm -hmm. in terms of self-love, self-regulation. Um, you know, mindfulness is already a big topic in there, but I think all that needs to elevate. Um, and then the workplace should do that too. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Uh, there's some schools like Montessori or Montessori. Is that what it's called? I think or, so, yeah. Where I think they do stuff on like being in touch with your emotions and all of that. But those are schools that are like, I mean, not everyone has access to. So That's uh, right. yeah, it totally has to be there though. It has to start small and, and I think it is. And it's awesome. And I think it's great what you're doing, man. And I think you should keep doing it. And we'll, we'll always support. We'll always um, Appreciate it, be man. here. Yeah. And, and uh, we'll uh, Instagram. Yeah, Twitter. where can people find you guys? Where can people find you guys? Are yeah, you guys I mean, looking for volunteers? Uh, we're always looking for people to reach out. I mean, we're not at a level where we're engaging like a, a ton of volunteers because we don't have necessarily day-to-day things that need to be done, but we're mm-hmm. always looking for support and help. Uh, you can go to understandus.ca, check out what we do, share one of our campaigns, sign up on the volunteer sure. list. Buy a shirt. Uh, yeah, buy a shirt. Facebook uh, at, at Understand Us and... Uh, we got a YouTube channel at the understand us and then Instagram is at the understand us as well. Sweet. Funny story is understand us was taken on Instagram, the handle, and it's some girl that has three photos of her in her underwear, uh, with like, <laughs> with like three followers. Oh, and I'm like, worst. come on, come on girl. Why are you, why are you taking my hand yeah, like that? Dude, like, no. Just no. step aside. Let a guy have it. Totally, you got to throw yes. her a DM. Man. Yeah. I will. Yeah, no, yeah, I don't no, think. No, what that. the hell? 
Uh, she, it's not her. It's for sure a 65-year-old. Oh, yeah. Lebanese, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Maybe he's got mental health issues, though. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. But no, it was great having you, cool, man. Buddy. Thanks a lot for coming by. And it was deadly. Yeah, keep yeah. doing what you guys do, man. I appreciate really it. Really appreciate yeah, it, buddy. Yeah, we got some cool shit coming up. So we're talking death with this girl who's been in like a death and grieving. She's been a death grieving psychologist or whatever for, I don't know. For long. like the last part of a decade. Yeah. She's wow. been d- living with death and grief. She, man, I couldn't yeah. imagine. So it's man. it's inevitable, man. It's yeah. so important. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, man. You might as well get into the you thing, know. the businesses that are inevitable. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But we just uh, want to be creative. But thanks a lot for being the first guest, man. Hell yeah, super dude. pumped Fuck on yeah. it. Reesh. All right, thanks, selfie brother. time. Ah. cheers. <laughs> yeah, we definitely need one. Yeah, we need a picture.